This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Two weeks ago, we started a sermon series. It's a short one. Um, and I talked to you about, uh, does it matter what kind of mailman do you have? Because uh, typically the answer is no, it doesn't matter as long as you get your mail, right? And as long as you're getting the mail delivered or your UPS package delivered, you're getting your Amazon package delivered, you don't really care uh, what kind of person the delivery man or person is. And so, uh, and if we're not careful, when we live out the Apostles' Creed, uh, excuse me, the, uh, the, the Great Commission, uh, go and make disciples, we, we have to be careful because uh, we can find ourselves very much like a mailman. In other words, uh, presenting and delivering the good news is good, but we have to be good news people because it does matter for those of us delivering the package of the wholeness of, of God and the salvation message through Christ, uh, we need to make sure that, uh, that God is working in us and that we are good news people. Two weeks ago, I was picking, up, picking on an event that happened, and uh, we can pick on almost any event. We talked about uh, this big celebration that people had, and, and um, you know, I was just shocked at the size of the, of the house. And this person is very much in favor of the emergency uh, climate issue. And, but the way they live made me doubt of the urgency. You know, because I kept thinking, well, you got to cool and heat an 8,000 square foot house. You have property the size of, uh, you know, and, and it's manicured pop properties, not just, you know, wild woods. That takes, that takes a huge carbon uh, footprint. And, and so what happens when someone is saying, hey, you know, the sea is rising and the sun is scorching the earth. We need to change our life. But then when you look at the person who's saying those things and you realize it doesn't seem like he's doing what he can to live out what he's preaching. And before we got too snarky, I'm, th I'm thinking to myself, are we in the same boat? Are, are we say that, hey, Jesus came for our salvation because if we're, in, we're not in Christ, we are in danger of eternal hell and there is a time limit in your life. You know, when you're born and when you die, that's the time frame. That's the urgency. But then when they look at our lives, people think, well, it can't be, it can't be true. You know, the way we live our lives at home, your neighbors, what, hap what, what I call it, you begin to uh, input a doubt of plausibility. You doubt the plausibility of this urgency of climate change because the way the person is talking about it is living. And so people can doubt the plausibility of Christ and because the way people are living. Does that make sense to you? So I pray that the, the, when we bring the good news of Jesus Christ, that we're not just awesome. This is an awesome delivery package of Christ. I want to tell you about it. 
but that we also have to be living out, that we don't want to be a stumbling block. Uh, uh, the, the reason somebody is doubting the plausibility of the, of, of the power of Christ to change lives. We sang songs about he changed my name. You know, what name are you talking about? Of course, we're talking about uh, Old Testament, Jacob, Israel. But it could be like, you know, uh, my name was a philanderer to someone who's faithful. Does that make sense? So the Lord changed my name. And the question I have for you, has he changed your name? You know, could your mom, whether she's elderly or not, can they see the difference that your name was changed, your trajectory was changed? I hope that it's not just singing a song about our trajectory changed. I pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit that our name got changed because it's important that we are good news people as we deliver the good news. And so uh, that was two weeks ago. And, and last week, um, I will tell you, uh, it was a challenge for me to communicate what I was trying to say. It was a challenge for me because I'm trying to paint a picture. I, I, um, I, the sermon series is like four parts, and I'm only trying to give you one part and if you weren't here the week before and you're not going to be here this week, then it, it just kind of doesn't make sense. But last week I was uh, trying my best to tell you that it is important to read God's word and not just portions of his word. It's important that we read the whole Bible. I have a picture of, of guess who? And uh, the reason I put that up is that uh, Adam was kind enough to admit and um, jealous of him that he read uh, the Lord of the Rings. And when you read the Lord of the Rings, it, uh, the story makes sense. Now, there's the Hobbit stories that kind of helps us, and I don't want to talk about that. Some of you are looking at me like, what are you talking about? Right? Never seen the movie, never read the book. I have no idea. I have no cultural connection. And I'll talk to you about that. But it's hard to talk to you about a story that, uh, and tell you about a, a portion of a story that you're not, you don't know the whole story. So a lot of times when we talk to people about Jesus, they don't know any of the story, especially today. You know, if I were to uh, put on a board, uh, who is Moses? You know, who is Adam? You know, who is uh, Noah? If I put it on a board on campus and ask people to fill out, uh, it looks like 95% of the people are like, I have no idea. They weren't raised in understanding uh, the Bible. They never went to Sunday school downstairs. So our challenge is to not only know the whole story, but to also share the story. And so if you only saw part of it, if you only just saw portions of a movie, then it's hard to understand, you know, why the character is behaving a certain way. So Matthew 28, it was really what, what really is driving us. Go and make disciples, teach them to observe all, all nations, but teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. So Jesus' first interaction with people after he was raised from the dead, you know, the question we had last week was, how did the, how did the world change? How did the world change? in such a short period of time? Was it because they totally, all they knew was the, the, um, the Great Commission? Was it that people just uh, learned to be fully committed? Was it that? 
And I think those are some of the answers. But if you, if you read the stories, and I'm not going to read it, when Jesus meets with the people who are on the road to Emmaus, he said in verse 25, uh, O foolish one, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. So I was alluding to, listen, what prophets spoke what? You know, if Jesus said to you, hey, you're foolish because what I'm doing is exactly what the prophet said. And your reaction should be, what prophet said what? They have an advantage is that they knew the Old Testament. Typical Jew knew the Old Testament. And typical American, typical Christian in the United States, we don't really know the whole scripture. We know portions of it. So I, I just think it's mind-blowing that God, is, is Jesus raised from the dead, and he begins to talk to people about the scriptures. So there was some sort of base knowledge, and they, then they were like a, a quickened. It's like, yes, I can see, Jesus, how you fit in that story. He does it again in, later on, and it says, uh, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. So last week, I was really trying to challenge us and to Mario, myself, that we need to read the scriptures. And not just some of the scriptures, but the whole scriptures. So which leads me to this week. Have you ever played the game or did you ever live the game of Mommy's Home? Mommy's Home, you know? Uh, I used to live that game where my mom would leave for a certain period of time. It's usually on Saturday when she went to go grocery shopping. And so uh, she would get us a few kids that were still home and would tell us, you need to clean your room while I'm away uh, and clean the kitchen or something. Anybody ever had that experience? Your mom told you what to do uh, as she was leaving. And, uh, you know, so I remember uh, with my sister, uh, we would do that. However, when you saw that car pull back into the, the driveway, you know, the, the, the scream among the siblings is mommy's home, mom's home. And what that meant was what, you know what it meant. Like, you better hope to God that you did exactly what your mom asked you to do. I love that story, that game or that, that situation because I think it's, uh, it, it kind of feeds into uh, this third part is that it's important because we, we, we literally say every week, the Lord is coming back to judge the living and the dead. Basically, daddy's coming home. Daddy's coming home. And it's important as believers that we understand the severity of daddy coming home. And so when mom comes home from grocery shopping and you haven't done what you said you would, uh, you're in for it, right? Anybody's parents like that? Um, I, I think my mom's watching. You were very severe, mom. And so <laughs> I don't know if she's watching. Good moms would say, hey, kid, hey, child, I love you so much. I'm, I'm going to leave for a couple hours. I'm going to go grocery shopping. Uh, I'll let you play on your, your smartphone for 30, 40 minutes. But when I come back, I want your room cleaned and I want the kitchen cleaned. 
Do you guys get it? Yes. We have company coming over tonight, and we want to bless them. And we, we don't want to, to confuse them or distract them of the, the goal of to have good fellowship because there's disaster in the house. Yes, Mom. And, and if you do that, you know, uh, you can have dessert. So that's the front end of the story that sometimes, and as Christians, we have to be careful because sometimes we zoom into that, that picture. You know, let's just say we were watching and all we saw was mom disciplining the kids. And then you would think, well, that mom's pretty rough because that's all you see. You know, you'd have to rewind and see the previous conversation to see what, why she was disciplining her kids. We've been doing this at, at Mosaic for a long time. We talked about Daniel and, and the, the, uh, how they got there, you know. And we all said that God is, you know, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we all agreed. And we all agreed that God is a, a God of his word. And we was like, amen, amen. We all agree. And you agree that God is a God of his word. And then you read Daniel's like, well, how did they get punished? And if that's all you see, then you think that God is a tyrant. You understand that we have to, as believers, begin to see the whole picture. Just like zooming in on a mom disciplining your kids and that's all you saw. You know, neighbor goes by and sees in the windows and you can see mom disciplining the kids. Like, whoa, what's going on there? But you didn't see, I love you kids. I want to bless you. I'm going to go home and go, I'm going to go to the grocery store to get you food so you can have food for lunch. You can have food for dinner. And you can have breakfast when you go to school and that you're well taken care of. Please do your part. They didn't see that. They just see the window of, of mom disciplining the kids. And that's the, the, the concern I have as a pastor of a church. Sometimes of, we have people that just don't read the whole, the whole story. They only see the one story. You know, the one story of maybe, you know, God's forgiveness and, and God is forgiving. But we don't know how that happened. I'm going left to right. It's the other way for you guys. You know, and why did Jesus have to die on the cross? So you have to go back a little bit more. You know, why, what happened? And so that's the challenge I'm trying to get us as a church. You, Jesus wants us to be deliverers of good news. Go and make disciples. Teach them to observe all that I've commanded. All that I've commanded. And so that's an imperative. It's, it's a command to us to go and see what he commanded commanded us to do. I'll tell you of another mistake I made. I made the mistake and watched the movie, um, The Lord of the Rings, in the wrong order. And, you know, if you watch The Return of the King first, uh, it can be a little confusing. Anybody else do that? Yeah, I made that mistake. Uh, so a lot of times our challenge is is that we don't really understand the whole story. And I challenge you to begin to read scriptures. If, again, I said that last week. If, if you don't hear anything I'm saying is begin to read the whole scripture. Not just the epistles. Not just the gospels. And not just revelation. Apocalyptic literature. Not just that. We have, not just the psalms. You know, sometimes we just like to read the Psalms. 
And if you just read the Psalms, if you read the whole Psalms, I bet you you get the whole picture. But if you just read Psalms 23, you, you, may, you may not get the whole picture. You'll get a piece of the picture. If you read Job, and that's all you read, it's going to be like, whoa, what is this? So it's important. So I made the mistake thinking I could watch this. So I didn't read the book. I can watch this movie. And I remember getting confused, like, uh, what's going on? Uh, actually, I shared last week, which was really true, is that we got the DV, the CDs, and we played it in a car. And the next thing you know, we're, I'm in the middle of this conversation of talking trees. And I'm like, I mean, my mind just could not wrap around the story of these talking trees. So when we just read certain portions of the scripture, you get a, a picture, but not the whole picture. Let me just challenge you. I think we have a slide that says creation. In the beginning. So you have to start from the beginning. And let me just tell you, those first three chapters are super important to understand where we are today. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That is so important. It is so important. So you read that there's this creation story. And then as you keep reading, you realize there's this fall that, that man and, and God are separate because of the fall. And then when you read on, you realize there's this whole redemption story that starts from after the fall all the way through Jesus. There's a story of, of a people who are being redeemed and then in the culmination through Jesus Christ. So you see, as we read the Exodus story with Moses, you, you'll begin to understand Mount Sinai and the Ten Commandments. And then you'll see about the kings. And then you'll see how the Israelites were sent into captivity, into exile. And then you're going to learn about the prophets. All of this is tied together. All of this is tied together. Then you're going to start reading the Psalms and, and the books of wisdom. And then you're going to learn about a covenantal people that began to, to stray again. And we learn about God in the flesh named Jesus. And then you see the death and resurrection. And then all of, all of a sudden you see what? A new covenant. Why is there a new covenant? When we, when we do communion, uh, next week we'll do communion. And we talk about a new covenant it really kind of makes sense to understand based on what happened to the old covenant. And if you just know that what you know the new covenant and you don't know what the whys, then there's a challenge. I think a lot of our challenges that we have towards God, and we all do, is because we, and we've been blessed to give in the word. You know, talking centuries earlier, there, there, was, no, there was no fullness of the word that we can read. You know, if you go in my office, and, and a, my library is a third of what it was because of the rain a damage that we had last year. But I have this whole advantage of all these books compared to ministers 100 years ago. You know, they just probably had a few books. But I'm so more uh, advantaged than even a 100-year-old hundred years ago believer. Because it's helping me see the, the full picture. And so, 
So then we have Jesus in the fullness and, and uh, the new covenant. And then after the new covenant, why is there a Pentecost? So I feel like sometimes as a church, and I'm not necessarily talking about Mosaic Church, but as a church, we, we just focus on the Pentecost, on Spirit-filled and Holy Spirit, and that's powerful, and that's important, but we've got to know the whys. Why is it important to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Why is it important to live out and live in, in the Spirit? Why are we taking communion? Remember, Jesus says, go and make disciples, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Not just some of it. And so why is there the pouring out of the Holy Spirit? And then the church was launched, and the church knew its mission. How do they know its mission? Because they see how they fit into the story. One of our challenges, I said this two weeks ago, is that we want God to fit into our story. But the story is out there. The script is there. And now we have to think, how do I fit into this story, this redemption story? Why is it important for you to live a holy life? Why is it important for you to live a spirit-filled life? Because your life fits into the story. You play a part. I play a part in the redemption story of God reuniting. And so uh, we, we sang about uh, hell lost another one, I am free, right? I like that song. I like it a lot because it's true. But we're not just set free to be, to be free. See, if, you, if we just learn our theology through songs, you don't get the whole picture. We are free. The people were, uh, were set free from slavery to have relationship with God, to, to be reunited with God. And you can see in the Old Testament how that just didn't unfold. Why has Jesus set us free? Just so that we can do whatever we want? No, so that we can have relationship with God, our creator. And then the church knew its mission. And if you keep reading, then you realize there's a second coming. Mommy's coming home. Or daddy's coming home. The second coming. And then he's going to come to judge the living and the dead. But why is he coming? Why is he coming? You have to begin to process those questions in your head. Because you know what? People outside these doors have those questions. You know, let's just say mom comes home from the store and the kids didn't do anything. You know, they just were on their smartphones the whole time. And mom has a choice, right? We've all been there. You know, it's like, what do we do? You know, do we bring the heavy hand of discipline or the embrace of grace? And, uh, and there's a cost to each, right? You know, if you discipline too much, maybe there, there's this separation of relationship. And if, uh, if you just give them an embrace of, of grace, which bleeds into enablement, then we've got uh, kids that aren't disciplined, uh, who, who, who won't follow directions. And we know that that can bleed into other areas it can bleed into adulthood, issues of adulthood. It's a challenge. And that's what I love about God. He's perfect. He's perfect in his grace. He's perfect in his discipline. And, and, and when he disciplines, it's because he loves us. And that's why you need the whole story. 
And at the very end, if you, listen, if you read Revelation, you realize there's a final judgment coming, and all of a sudden you realize there's a new creation. Remember we start in the beginning? There's the cre- creation story, and as if you continue to read the whole story, at the very end, there's a new creation. Why? Why is there a new creation? Again, it's, if you begin to read the whole scripture, it makes sense. Because God wants to have a relationship with his children. So daddy's coming home. And um, he's perfect. He's, he's not going to look at his children who call themselves his children, who are living in rebellion, who are doing what they're saying. He's like, ah, don't worry about it. And sometimes we live a Christian world thinking that, right? Um, especially, I would say, in our American Christian, you know, especially the songs that are on radio, it's like, ah, don't worry about it. But I'm telling you, Daddy's coming home. And he's a righteous. You want to talk about righteousness? Uh, just read, <laughs> read Deuteronomy uh, and, and, and Numbers, and you'll see God's righteousness. Matter of fact, I challenge you to do that. You'll see a part of God that has always been God, but might become new to you because you you haven't really read the whole thing. You haven't read the whole thing. You you appreciate God's forgiveness and grace when you've read what happens in Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. Grace is incredibly beautiful when you recognize the, he who has been forgiven much loves much. When you, when you get a grasp of God's forgiveness in my life, when I should have got, because if you looked at my life and if we were to put it on a screen, if, if you were to put my old life on this screen, I would literally run out of here in shame. But because of Christ... And that's why um, I have, I used to struggle with expression, but now I, I bend my knee and raise my hands and twirl around if I can, if my knee allows me, uh, because I know what my old life was like, and I know what I deserved. And Christ saved me and redeemed me, not just as, so I can do whatever I want, but now I submit myself to the king. He's a good king. He's a righteous king. He's a holy king. And you understand the holiness when you read, read some of the Old Testament. And uh, I want to follow him fully. And there's going to be a, a, the day that daddy comes home and there's going to be a new creation. So I guess I'm trying to tell you is read the book. There's an old song, uh, maybe Bill Madden and myself would know it. it. It was called, Read the Book, Don't Wait for the Movie. Um, read the book. And if you have a hard time reading, there's some really good resources. Uh, the Bible Project. Uh, there's one on just the Bible. I, I failed to send it to you in the mail, email, but I'll, I'll do that. And it'll just give you a, a big grasp. It will help you in delivering the good news of Jesus Christ. It will help you to be the good news of Jesus Christ. So I'm imploring to you as a pastor, daddy's coming. 
Mommy's coming. And he's righteous and he's perfect and he's king. He will not be mocked. He's coming. And you have to understand why he's coming. And you have to understand what he expects of his children. All right? So let's do that. We promise that, uh, that you'll gain in your, in your faith and in, in your love for Christ when you do that. You are shortchanging yourself when you're just reading portions. I have a friend of mine that all he does is read Revelations. And he's, he's figured out exactly when Jesus is coming back. Well, he, he really hasn't, but he thinks he has. Okay. Adam talked about the lampstands. You know, you know, my, my thought on, his, on when someone just talks to me about Revelation and when he's coming back, it's like, hey, man, I don't know when he's coming back, but when he comes back, I want to be ready. I don't want to figure out when he's coming back and not be ready not be ready. And what does that mean? So that's why you have to go through the word. Go go to his word. Hey, let's just bow our heads for a moment. I'm going to ask the Lord to help us to fall in love with him more so, and then we're going to want to read about him. Lord, we say thank you for your goodness and kindness towards us. Thank you that We have an advantage that many generations didn't. Lord, we get to open a book, read it in our language. And uh, Lord, it's so many versions, uh, we made it really easy to read it in our language. And Lord, but in the beginning, you created the heavens and the earth. Lord, help us to understand the importance of that. Lord, that you are the creator And we are the created being. Lord, just make that so true in our hearts to understand that. Thank you, Father. Lord, help us to love your word that we get to read it. And Lord, learn and love you through it. Lord, I say thank you for all the people before us that have suffered, uh, and even some of them to death, to put your words in writing in a language that we understand. Thank you, Father. There's a young lady in our church here that uh, worked for an agency called Wycliffe that translated the scriptures in people's languages. Lord, thank you for that ministry that people across the globe have the opportunity to read in their language. Lord, you have blessed us beyond measure here in the West and in America. Lord, we have hundreds of English versions. Help us to to read your word. Lord, I pray, God, that Mosaic Church people will, will be readers of your word. I pray, God, that you would help us. Help me, Father, because I want to live for you fully. I don't want to just live for you from a partial understanding, but a full understanding, so that I could be the good news person delivering the good news, the message of Jesus Christ. We love you, Father. Be with us. Help us. Give us opportunities this week to share the good news. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. 
To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.